Hey friends, I am so excited to talk to you about this today because I feel like so, so many of us Christians or business owners or wannabe business owners struggle to integrate God and our faith into literally every aspect of our lives. So today I really want to talk to you about biblical habits that you need if you are going to grow your business God's way. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Dreams. I am Faith Hannon, Jesus lover, business growth coach, content strategist, barrel racer, worship leader, wrangler of tiny humans, and champion of your God-given dreams. If you are finally ready to feel confident pursuing your God-given dreams, know Jesus more, and learn how to market and actually grow your business without losing your mind, then tell the dog to quit barking, grab a notepad and that third cup of coffee, and listen in for some shoot-to-straight, visionary, and practical tips to get you the breakthrough you've been looking for. So get your pen and paper ready because these are going to be just quick little tips for you to take notes. And they may seem kind of insignificant when you just are listening a little bit and not paying great attention. But if you apply these in your life, they will help you be more successful in literally everything that you do, whether it is running a business, being a stay-at-home mom, having a hobby, working a regular job, whatever you're doing, when you apply God's, the principles in God's word to what you are doing, he helps you succeed. So number one, you and I have to, have to, have to get in the habit of having daily quiet time. If you are not spending time with the Lord and in his word on a consistent basis, you are literally starving your spirit man. And you're not going to get to know the Lord and you're not going to get to know his word if you're not spending time with him in his word consistently. And I get it. Like I'm a busy stay at home, work at home mom of two. I don't have three hours a day to spend studying the word of God. I wish I did. I enjoy it. Let me tell you about all of the books and the Hebrew books that I have and all the resources that I would just, oh my gosh, I nerd out so much over, you know, getting in God's word and the Greek translations and the Hebrew translations and all those different things. Like it makes my little heart go pitter patter. But most days I don't have three hours a day to spend in the word. And it's really easy from, for some personalities, myself included, who are like, go big or go home to get frustrated when you don't have a huge chunk of time to do something, or you don't have as much time as you wish you had to do something. But let me encourage you. It does not have to take three hours a day or even an hour a day. If all you have is 10 or 30 minutes a day to spend in the word of God, to spend in prayer, to spend in worship consistently, if you can do that consistently, it will add up and help you to grow spiritually like you cannot even imagine. Okay. Number two, we have got to be plugged into a local church. Matthew 6, 18 says, Jesus is talking to Peter and he's telling them now you Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not conquer it. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And let me just tell you, Jesus is a lot closer to coming back now than he was, you know, 2000 years ago when that was written. And I know that the, you know, the pandemic, all of those things like has changed church in a lot of areas. 
and I'm just going to go out here and say it like there is no replacement for meeting in person with people with with rubbing elbows with people who are going to see that your hair is a mess or your kids are acting crazy or that you can be like hey I genuinely had a great week like that community that God designed for us to get in church is absolutely irreplaceable okay number three we have got to have friends and family that we are truly vulnerable with and who can speak truth into our lives. Now I am absolutely not an advocate for emotionally vomiting online (laughs) to strangers. (laughs) Um, You will not see me sharing my dirty laundry and, you know, telling the whole world the problems that I'm going through or the things that I'm struggling with that second, um, unless it's like a funny thing. Because I don't feel like that's the place for it, right? Like when you share stuff online, like those people have a very small one dimensional view of your life. They don't know you as a person. Like you just can't expect the, the vulnerability connection and authenticity that you really need with your online community, regardless of how, you know, close, close knit, how active they are, whatever you have to have, we have to, have to, have to have people in our lives, family, friends that we are truly vulnerable with and who we allow to speak into our life. Um, and this doesn't have to be 30 people. Like really Jesus had Peter, James, and John that he took with him in his hour of deepest need. He had three people. So if you have three to five people that you can truly, truly be vulnerable with, you are doing pretty darn good. Um, I've heard Holly Furtick, Stephen Furtick's wife, say that she strives to be always authentic, but selectively vulnerable. So you don't have to be vulnerable online. You don't have to be vulnerable with everybody that you know is like share the deep hurts that you're dealing with right now, share the hard things that you're dealing with right now to be authentic, right? You don't have to lie and put on a front, you know, to the whole world, And then only be vulnerable and authentic with a few, like be authentic, but you don't have to go with your big heart issues to everybody and their mama. Okay. Okay. Now, numero quattro, we have to have our identity firmly rooted in Christ. There is no, no substitution for that whatsoever. And I think so many of us like achievers, like myself, like we like to be competitive. We like to win. We like to do the things we like to kick butt and take names. It's really easy to get your identity moved over into like your accomplishments and how much you've done and how successful your business is or like how good you're roping that week or, you know, how good your horse is doing. Like, because if you're competitive, if you're in a business, you're tracking revenue, right? You're, you're wanting to do well. I mean, who, who sets out to suck at something? Not me. But we cannot let our identity shift from who we are in Christ to what we've accomplished. Or even, we cannot even let our identity shift from who we are in Christ to our personality and our strengths. Because I don't know about you, but some days in my little world are better than others, right? Some days are, you know, like I'm just tired and my brain's not firing on all cylinders. Some days I'm hormonal. Some days my kids need me more than others. So if I let my identity be wrapped up, even in my personality, even in my own strengths as a, you know, as a human being or as an entrepreneur, as a mom, like that is shifting sand that is shaking ground. However, on the flip side, when we 
build our identity in who God says that we are. And we know that we know that we know deep down in our bones that we are loved, that we are treasured, that we're a child of the most high God, that he's equipped us for success, that he leads us in triumph everywhere that we go, that we are the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath, that we are in Christ and everything he is, he is for us. When we know that deep down in our bones with every fiber of our being, then when we have a bad day or don't make that sale or miss that calf or hit a barrel or whatever quote failure looks like for you in your industry, then when we have a bad day or a failure, we're not shaken. And when our identity is firmly rooted in Christ, then we are bold to take those steps that God is calling us to take and try those new things and reach out to those people because we know that we are his and we know that we are loved. Mm, I could preach. I could preach all, all day on that, but I actually do have a cool freebie for you on that, that I kind of stole a lot of from my pastor. Um, she knows I stole it. She's fine with it, but go to faithhannoncom slash freebies and get the freebie with scriptural affirmations to get more confident. Because if you just put those, like print those out, copy them, do whatever, post them up on your mirror and speak those things, speak those scriptures out loud over yourself daily you will see your confidence begin to soar because you're beginning to become rooted in who God has said you are. Okay, the next big biblical principle that you need if you're going to grow your business. Ready? Learning to hear from God. And I know that so many people are like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how to hear from God. They get so stressed out. And it and it's, it's a thing. It's a thing that people worry about. But let me let me comfort you with this. God wants to speak to you and direct you and direct your footsteps even more than you want to hear from him and have him direct your footsteps. John 10, 27 says that my sheep hear my voice. You, when you and I, when we are born again, we are literally wired to hear our father's voice. But it's hard in a world that we are like constantly bombarded with voices, with social media, people's opinions. I mean, we don't know how to be still as a culture anymore. We don't know how to tune out the world and tune into God. It is something that we have to practice and cultivate. And I'll just tell you a little um, exercise that my husband and I did to, and granted, like, don't take this as like, I'm absolutely perfect at hearing the voice of God every single time and I never miss it. I'm not. However, I'm way better at it than I was 10 years ago or five years ago. Um, so here's just a little exercise that we did with each other and with some of our youth, youth kids, when we were in youth ministry, we just like basically quiz each other and like do silly little guessing games. Like he'll be like, okay, red or blue. And I pause and I turn inward and I ask the Holy spirit, okay, red or blue. And I listen for whichever one I have the most peace about. Sometimes it takes me three seconds. Sometimes it takes me a few minutes and he has an answer in his head right? And I'm just listening for the Holy Spirit to tell me his answer, to tell me the thing that Nate is thinking. And then I'll say, okay, red. And he'll be like, no. And okay. I'll be like, okay. So I'll make note of how I felt of what I did and just like practice and make it into a game with things that literally don't matter. So that when it's time to ask the Lord, Hey, should I write this 
blog? Should I record this podcast? Should I make this investment in my business? Should I hire this person? Should I fire this person? Should I spend a million dollars on this thing? Whatever it is, you've practiced hearing the voice of your father on the little things so that now it's easy to hear his voice on the big things. And just a little side note, God will never, what you hear from the Holy Spirit will never contradict what the word of God says. So ain't nobody, you know, telling you out, go out and become a crazy person. Okay. Okay. Now the next biblical principle that you and I have to implement in order to really see our businesses grow is tithing. So I could literally talk about this for hours and I will definitely do more podcasts on tithing in the future and the importance and benefits of tithing. However, for now, it suffices to say these things. Tithing is God's way of finding out if he is truly Lord of your finances. And tithing really is 10%. The word tithe literally means 10%. And we really cannot afford not to tithe. Because when we tithe, we give God permission to get involved in our finances. When we don't tithe, then we are withholding what is already God's. And guys, every good thing, every good thing we have is a gift from God. Every good thing. So why would we want to withhold only 10%? Um, one of the things that we're doing with, with our kids is we're teaching them about tithing from, you know, a, a young age. And like, as soon as they start getting money, we're teaching them about tithing and the benefits of tithing. And my daughter, somebody gave our kids like a jar full of change for their birthdays. And it, we counted it all out. It was a great fun activity. And there was like 50 bucks in there. And we were, my husband happened to be just doing that with the kids by himself that time. And my daughter came back to me and we were talking about it. And she's like, guess what mama? The tithe is only 10%. I, it's only $5. I get to keep all the rest. God only asks for $5. And she was so excited about that. And I just love that heart. And we were working so hard to instill that, you know, in our kids, because that's our heart. And we believe that's God's heart that it's, it's not a burden to tithe. It's not a burden to give offerings. It's not a burden to give back to God, a small percentage of what he's given us. It's an honor. It's a blessing. And we are excited to do it. And I think that God, I know that God honors that because scripturally he goes into it so much. And if you're interested in more on this, Pastor Robert com and pastor robert morris has some stuff on youtube he has a whole series called the blessed life that we're almost through uh going through at church and it is phenomenal phenomenal so take check that out if you um are interested in learning more about tithing or if that's something that you're not real familiar with so the next thing that you need the next biblical principle that we need to embrace and do to to help grow our businesses is this good stewardship so I'm all for growth and I truly believe that God is too. However, if we cannot be trusted with what we have in our hands right now, then we cannot expect to grow. And I am so much preaching to myself right now, but I do, you know, we, we read in the Bible about, you know, being he who is faithful with little will be trusted to be faithful with much. Um, you know, and I, I know that it's easy to get like 
almost worried about that. Like, oh my gosh, I'm only making $50 a month with my business right now, but I need to spend like 40 hours a week on it and not, you know, so that I'm being faithful and like, take a step back, take a breath, because I truly believe that good stewardship looks different in different seasons to a degree. Like for example, right now, I truly have peace that being a good steward of my barrel horses means riding them three to four days a week during the literal seasons of the year that I want to compete. And I'm certain at some point down the road, like good stewardship will look like riding six or seven days a week, but that's not the season that I'm in right now. And I have peace about, you know, spending my time. And I have peace about that. And that's honestly like figuring out what good stewardship looks like for you in your season, like the literal seasons of the year and the seasons of life, figuring out what good stewardship looks like for you in that season is something that you have to sit with the Lord and hear from him on. Because I can't, I cannot sit on the outside and tell you that good stewardship in your season looks like this. That is something that you need to hear from the Lord on. But once you do hear from God on that, I do believe that that's something that's going to not only help you to grow in the areas that you really need to be growing in right now, but it will also help you to have peace about not pursuing or chasing hard after the things that it's not the right season for. Okay, now the last and quote final quality that I truly believe we need to have in order to biblical quality that we need to embrace and work on if we're going to grow our business is this stick to itness. Um, I've heard a quote from Bill Gates that said many people under overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10. And I know that I am, I am the chief of like setting 900,000 giant goals and expecting myself to accomplish all of them in a year or a month or a week or a day. (laughs) But But there's so much that can be accomplished and we can see so much growth in every area of our lives if we just don't quit. But the problem is is we really we really live in a culture that has a two-year mindset at best. But really we serve more of a 10-year God. I mean, when you look at how long Jacob served Laban, who BT dubs was a horrible boss. And, and how, how much God developed Jacob in that and how much God developed Joseph when he was serving in obscurity, I think you'll take a step back and be like, oh, well, the few years I've been working on my business really isn't that long. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that you should continue working your tush off on something that's really not working or that you shouldn't pivot and make adjustments, but I'm saying we need to develop a stick to as Christians and as business owners. And when we do, when we're just like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be faithful with it. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay hooked up to this thing that God has called me to. I think we're going to see so much growth. All right. That's it. Eight biblical habits you need. If you're going to grow your business, I truly believe that God has called you and I to succeed in our giftings in every realm of influence. And when we live according to biblical principles, we will be blessed in business and life. I want to leave you with this third John one, two says, beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And I want to encourage you that God is one, absolutely concerned about your spiritual health, but he's also concerned about your soul health, your mental health, and the health of your business. So take these eight biblical principles, apply them to your life, and watch your business start to grow and flourish as you learn to incorporate God into every aspect of your life and realize that 
your gift in business really is part of your calling. So until next time, be blessed y'all. Thank you so much for listening in today. It means the world that you tuned in. Hopefully this episode inspired you, challenged you, and left you feeling like you really can do the thing that God has called you to do, even if you need a nap first. If it did, can I ask you a couple favors? Would you please subscribe so you don't miss a thing? Share this episode with a friend and take 30 seconds and go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it bless my socks off to know that this is helping you, but it will help spread this message to more Jesus-loving entrepreneurs. Connect with me over on Instagram at Faith Hannon and find out about all the things, courses, coaching, and copywriting at my website, faithhannon.com. Until next time, God bless, and I'll talk to you soon.